0: As we all converge on the Seaport World Trade Center, we need to keep our good friend Alex Kaufman in mind. It has become a somewhat of a tradition for him to get a ride to the expo with no lodging or transportation home. So do your part. Give him a ride or put him up for a night. Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. <laughs>
1: to listen to episode 49 of Wintry Mix. November. I'm Alex Kaufman. It seems that the public, minus the actual ski areas, slackers, has figured out how the new format works. Lots of fun submissions this month. Nothing is off limits. Buy or sell, date or hate, help wanted, rant or rave, community updates, whatever. You all have phones with audio apps on them. The next deadline for audio submissions will be December 1st. Files can be sent to alex at wintrymixcast.com. Target length is a minute or two. And this section where I explain everything is getting shorter, because you guys are figuring it out. Nice job, team. And if your gear company or online retailer wants to outfit my family, then perhaps you can sponsor future episodes. I don't want your money. This is not my real job. Moving on. In this episode, we'll hear some classic ski flick reviews, eavesdrop on a Peak Resorts Investor conference call, go live from a snowmaking pond, wish President Pollock the best of luck, find me a free hotel bed in Boston, hopefully, harken on back to Hogback, help Snow Report Halley find some minions, Talk to a pirate, go live from the Vermont Backcountry Forum, and learn more about a sex toy trade show that comes to stow every fall. Add on the rant of the month and some ski show banter, and that's what you get in the November Wintry Mix. And of course, you are invited to hop in for December. Now, let's do this. <laughs>
2: Cast. This is Ryan from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, just doing a little skier submission here. Uh, I'm going to call it Ryan Reviews. Good on the alliteration there. Um, this week I've got two movies, um, Blizzard of Oz and Good Company Guest List. Blizzard of Oz, I'm sure pretty much everybody in the ski world has seen this movie except for me. Um, finally had a chance to watch it on Amazon Prime. It's uh, free there if you're a Prime member. Wait, what did he just say? Finally had a chance to watch it on Amazon Prime. It's uh, free there if you're a Prime member. Somebody go confirm that right now. All right, back to Ryan. Uh, Overall, obviously a great classic ski movie. Great subtitles like Fugitive on the Run and Escaping Law in France. Um, Pretty heavy into ski politics as well regarding ski liability and lawsuits at the time. Uh, Obviously, the the pinnacle of the movie is Chamonix. Some crazy cool R's and clips there. Really bringing extreme skiing to the uh, forefront there in the late 80s. Uh, The second movie is uh, from Tom Wallace, The Good Company. Uh, Guest list is the title. Uh, Good East Coast guy. Uh, Overall, it was fun. Great music. Artistic, but not in the stereotypical hipster way um, that unfortunately I think a lot of ski movies are getting too big into the two and a half minute introduction for 35 seconds of skiing.
1: I'm going to start using that line. Artistic, but not in the stereotypical hipster way. Um,
2: Some highlights for me. North Dakota, I guess they had a blizzard there in December. Seemed extremely friendly people. Uh, Obviously, brutally cold up there. Uh, A lot of the people allowed them to hit the rails and and some different features. You know, not a lot of police getting called on them. Japan, obviously, always looks awesome. Uh, Fun as ever. Super deep snow. Bring bringing it to the East Coast, Seven Springs. They uh, do a little park shoot there. My particular favorite scene is the uh, Utah Gap Jump. Pep Fuhas in there, just really kind of old school. Big gaps, switch tricks into powder. The guy's having a great time. So, well, not a lot more you can ask for in a ski movie. See you guys next time.
1: You ready to do some business? Let's do some business. Good
3: morning, my name is Leandra and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Peak Resort's first quarter fiscal year 2017 conference call.
1: Okay, so they do these things every few months, and it lasted like a half an hour. I'm not going to make you sit through the whole thing. They also include a disclaimer for people like me.
4: Further, the company is not responsible for transcripts of this call made by independent third parties.
1: So let's get to the fun part. Peak Resort's head honcho, Tim Boyd. What's up, man?
4: We're excited about the upcoming ski season with our first resort slated to open in mid-November, weather permitting. Our EV5-funded Westlake water project at Mount Snow is ahead of schedule and nearly complete. Recall that this project created a reservoir that will provide us with an incremental 120 million uh, gallons of water that can be used for snowmaking. We've already started filling the reservoir with about 60 million gallons of water in it to date. We expect to have it fully filled by early November when we begin to start making snow. The long-term benefit that will be realized here will be our ability to open more terrain quicker that will result in more skier visits early season for us.
1: Hold on a second. Let's go sort of live to the Westlake project with Brendan Ryan, VP of Special Projects at Peak Resorts. Brendan?
0: So over the next three weeks, we're going to be finishing the inflatable dam, which is a rubber bladder that allows us to withdraw water.
1: It's actually already done. I said, you know, sort of live. Mount Snow sent me an old video, which I appreciate and I pulled some audio off it.
0: That inflatable dam uh, will allow us to uh, pull water and backfill the pond. So as we've discussed before, Westlake holds about 120 million gallons. Uh, So with 100 million in there, we're really close. Uh, Mount Snow uses somewhere between 250 and 300 million gallons a year to make snow. So it'll be really important for us that we can use the inflatable dam to keep the pond full.
1: Solid update, Brendan. But wait, let's stick
0: around for the banter.
5: That was awesome. Um, any other points that you can think of? I remember I was talking um, with, a, I think, Dave, and he was saying, um, just like there was like a fact, like it was a number of Olympic swimming pools, like some, if oh, you know that, I don't know if you We've know got. Yet, uh, it was something like every five minutes, like the amount of water that was being pumped was like two Olympic swimming pools. I don't want, if you don't know it off the top of your head. I, I can figure
0: be. it out really quick. What is the, do you know what the dimensions of an Olympic swimming pool are? <laughs> I don't know. Is it 100 yards?
1: All right, they have their hands full. Let's get back to the conference call.
4: And with that, now I'm going to hand it over to Chris. Thanks, Tim. Let me add my thanks to everyone for joining us today. As Tim noted, I'm going to touch on some key details of the financial results for the first quarter ended July 31st, 2017. as well
1: as His name the- is Chris Bubb, and he's the uh, head accountant, and he goes on for so long. So let's not do that. Let's get to the end of the call, the Q&A
4: our prepared remarks, and Operator, I'd like to open up the line up for questions now.
3: At this time, I would like to remind everyone, in order to ask a question, you can press star and the number one on your telephone keypad, and we'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your next question comes from the line of Barton Crockett with FBR Capital Markets. Your line is open.
4: Okay, all right. And, and then I guess one final thing. I mean, we've seen just uh, this pile-up of consolidation among the big ski resorts that's kind of reaching a little bit into your neck of the woods. Um, is this multi-mountain kind of ski pass stuff that's now coming from the KSL group that I think that owns um, West and Aspen and some other stuff, is that having, in your opinion, any impact on demand for season passes that you guys offer? Uh, we have not seen that uh, as, as, I, as we mentioned before uh, you know our preseason sales through the, uh, April were up about nine percent We think that that's going to be somewhere in the same ballpark um, I think that you've got to keep in mind that both of these consolida this big consolidation that uh, KSL folks are doing and of course Vail themselves their presence in our markets is still very limited uh, so we don't anticipate at this point in time that, that they're going to have much impact. Okay. All right. That's great. Thank you guys very much.
1: So that was one of about a dozen questions. I tried to pick the one that maybe you'd find interesting.
3: Your next question comes from the line of Brad Boyer with Steeple. Your line is open.
5: Hey, thanks. Uh, actually,
0: all my questions have uh, been answered. So uh,
4: <laughs>
0: unfortunately,
4: uh, I don't have anything else for you. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> okay, enough conference call. There was one more big bit of news about Mount Snow, though, from Jen.
6: Hey, AK. It's Jen Rowe here, and I wanted to give a congratulatory shout-out to Kelly Pollock for taking over the reins at NSAA. It's really the best news I've heard in a long time. Women in management in the snow biz busting through the ceilings. Way to go, Kelly. Although I will miss Michael Barry's stories of snot his golf game, and questioning whether or not we remember who took us to the slopes for the very first time.
1: And since we got a packed episode this month, uh, Jen works for a media buyer out of Denver called 550, and she recommends you check them out.
6: Thanks so much, Alex. Catch on the hill.
1: So we've yet to have a ski area HR department take advantage of the help-wanted opportunity here on Wintry Mix, but Hallie O'Brien's ready.
3: If content is king, Then I'm Khaleesi, bitches.
1: I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I had to Google that.
3: This is a casting call. Halle O'Brien here, and I'm leaning on you guys, the lovely, wonderful Wintry Mix listeners, to connect me with some great ski snowboard people that love making content. Here's why. So, The Snow Report Show, presented by Ski Magazine and hosted by yours truly, is looking to expand its reach a little bit. We want to put some boots on the ground in different regions of the country to find awesome stories and to create great stories around the region that they're in. They'd be like correspondents, content creators, influencers, buzzwords. We're looking for people in New England, the Mid-Atlantic area, Colorado, Utah, Tahoe slash California as a whole, and the Pacific Northwest. So six regions in total for now. We're starting there. Baby steps, guys. Here's how you know you would be perfect for this. Ready? Your camera roll is primarily filled with photos of snowy landscapes, screenshots of favorable weather forecasts, and you taking shot skis. You've lost a GoPro or like seven of them on the mountain somewhere, and then you actually went out of your way to get it back and then you even did something with the footage. You're not ashamed to take food photos. In fact, you try to find the perfect lighting because that coffee's not gonna make itself look sexy. Am I right? You consider yourself an influencer. No, I'm just kidding. If you think that, you're already disqualified. Or you might be perfect for this. I don't know. I don't know. Moral of the story, we're looking for people that love winter and love talking about it using the internet. It doesn't get more simple than that. If you know somebody, or you yourself would like to throw your name in the hat, send us an email at info at the This
1: sounds great, Hallie. Just don't start podcasting or I hate you. How about a stroll down memory lane?
5: Hey, Alex. My name is Mike Hafer. I'm recording from Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, so the first ski mountain uh, I, I skied at... Once I graduated from the local municipal hill was a, a mountain called Hogback, uh, a four T-bar mountain halfway between Bennington and Brattaburl. Uh, it was a great place to uh, to learn to ski and explore. Uh, four T-bars, small vertical, but uh, just a, a great fun place uh, to learn how to ski. It uh, really, really has some, a lot of magical memories uh, for me. parents will be able to drop us off at uh, 8 in the morning um, we would ski uh, all day long. Uh, on Saturday mornings, there was a Buddy Werner Ski Race League that would uh, pit four teams against each other uh, each week uh, for, for dominance on the Molly Stark uh, Trail. And uh, still remember uh, that first year uh, getting a coach's award and a $15 gift certificate to the local Sport shop and was able to put that money towards uh, these newfangled things called ski brakes. So I ditched the uh, safety straps. So, anyway, uh, fast forward many, many years later, I find myself uh, involved with a ski boosters club for the local high school and my daughter uh, getting involved with uh, skiing and ski racing as well. Uh, In those early days, uh, hogback and then eventually uh, haystack and, and Finally, the last regular mountain I had was Mount Snow. All those mountains were able to keep locals involved and, and make skiing uh, affordable for for local folks. Uh, even at the end, their season pass for Vermont kids at Mount Snow was $150. So, as I start to pay for skiing on my own now, and 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 kids and family vacations, just want to encourage ski areas to find nice ways to keep. Uh, skiing affordable for locals and uh, uh, Make it accessible for kids uh, in the local area so they can learn to ski and uh, Help support the ski areas efforts to bring tourism and, and jobs to the areas uh, You need everything you can do to just get the supporters you need uh, For your plans there. So keep kids skiing keep things affordable and uh, you'll have the support you need speaking of support Keene High School Alpine Ski Boosters Ski Swap and Sale will be held Saturday, November 18th at Keene High School. Great deals on new and used equipment to help your family get to the slopes. Thanks, Alex. Looking forward to hearing the next episode. Good luck with the new format.
1: So many good things happening in that submission. Thanks a lot, Mike. And speaking of families, Uh, I head up to Spruce Peak once in a while with my wife and two kids, and we go explore around, keep them entertained, and see what's new up at the mountain. A couple weeks ago, we were up there, and we saw some paper signs that said, private event, private, 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 don't look in here, don't look in here. And then we found a way to look in there and realized that, well, they were having a sex toys trade show uh, right in the lodge, uh, Spruce Camp to be exact. And while we were at the playground, a few of the vendors came walking by, and yep, I got them to talk.
7: This is an interesting place for us because it's not normally. We're in Vegas, LA. We're all in LA.
1: What do you refer to that sort of trade show as in in the business? Like what is your, what do you call it? A
7: distributor event or a a customer event, an open house. So so
1: you're dealing with distributors or you're dealing with end customers? We work
7: for manufacturers. right? The person putting on the event here is a distributor. Their guests coming
3: are people that own stores. Yeah.
1: Okay, so people who own adult stores come to this event, they see the product offerings, and they decide what they're going to buy for the next year or whatever it is. Got it. So, like, how many people? So, you guys are standing behind the booth, saying, "This is cool. This is cool. This is cool." Yes. And all of those items are, you know, like no pleasure items. And so, I saw it's all set up, but like, there's no one there today. Today's like an off day.
5: Tomorrow's the official setup. We're just snots, so we come in early. Okay, so ever? it's
1: like next week <laughs> yeah. is the big week when yeah. it goes on or whatever. It
5: goes, yeah. So from Tuesday, Tuesday, and Wednesday is the show. Tomorrow's setup. Awesome. Yeah.
1: What, what product line are you are you affiliated with?
5: I work with Doc Johnson.
1: Doc Johnson.
5: NS Novelties.
1: NX Novelties?
5: No,
7: N.S. Novelties.
1: N.S. Novelties.
7: I'm also Doc Johnson.
1: Also Doc Johnson. I saw the Doc Johnson booth. Yep. I got I got a, a little a little example of it there. So just, you know, was cruising by and was like, oh, a trade show. I wonder who's in there. And it's just not normally what we see. But, hey, Four season Revenue, they're getting you guys yeah. in there. Do you guys stay at the Stone Mountain Lodger in town? We do. We
5: stay do. right here. And we're actually really quite shocked for part of the conservativeness of the east coast that they let us have it here yeah but i guess it's opened up you know people's minds have opened up well we're I'm a super blue
1: state yeah I, mean, but you know I, that. I
5: learned to ski right on that bunny, bunny oh house. nice i'm from albany so okay yeah so this is home for me
1: well cool we'll enjoy the week okay, guys you. and hopefully keep uh keep the annual thing going thanks
5: for making us totally. famous yeah Friday. no worries <laughs> <laughs> enjoy your walk
1: have a good trade show thanks. see ya you mm-hmm. know. Sex Toys Distributors in the Spruce Camp of Stowe Mountain, Vermont, uh, in late October, four-season revenue. Why not? And in the race to see which resort management college would submit first to Wintry Mix between UVM, Linden State, Colorado Mountain College, Sierra Nevada, Westminster, Linden State wins. What's up, Sean?
0: Good, whatever time it is you're listening to this, skiers and riders. This is Sean Dahl from Linden State College, soon to be Northern Vermont University in Linden. We here at Lyndon State College's Mountain Resort Management Program sculpt the minds of tomorrow's ski and snowboard industry leaders, and we have been doing it since 1973. Good thing I don't do it alone, or we would all have something to worry about. Enough of my shameless plug. The reason for my Wintry Mix podcast submission is more of a public service announcement to all of my good friends in the ski and snowboard industry who will be joining me at this year's Boston Ski and Snowboard Expo, November 9th to the 12th. As we all converge on the Seaport World Trade Center, we need to keep our good friend Alex Kaufman in mind. It has become a somewhat of a tradition for him to get a ride to the expo with no lodging or transportation home. So do your part, give him a ride or put him up for a night. He helps your marketing budget by taking care of your food and beer, and he spares you any conversation about his kids or his problems. Really, he is the perfect companion. I took care of him last year, and it was an experience I will never forget. I know, because I've tried.
1: Solid lead-in, Sean. I appreciate it. Now, before I get the how come you're always hitching rides and stuff, first, I have a limited-mile lease on my truck, so I try not to drive long distances when I can avoid it especially when many Vermont colleagues are already driving the same route at the same time. Second, I spent my late teen years in Vail living in a truck that I would drive to key intersections, park, and then hitchhike to save money and wear and tear. I literally hitchhiked from Vail to Steamboat to enroll in Colorado Mountain College while I owned a working truck. So the ski-bummy hitching lifestyle keeps me from feeling super old, I, I guess. So yeah. Still looking for that ride home on Friday and that extra bed on Thursday night. Your compensation is, I'll tell you all of your competitors' secrets and beer. Returning to the trade show theme, take it away, Kyle.
7: Hey, Alex, it's Kyle uh, with another tale from the road. So this one started in about 2006, I think. We were at the Toronto Ski Show and it was downtown and Everybody loved going to that show because there's so many good places to eat downtown and everybody stayed at the um, same show hotel on King Street. So my coworker and I were coming back to the hotel late after the show, after, you know, the bars or whatever. And we looked down and we saw a joint on the ground and we sort of looked around like, hmm, what's this doing here? And. Another couple of guys from the ski show came in and they saw the joint and were like, well, let's take it. So my coworker and I said, well, we we stopped at Duty Free, so we've got some whiskey, so let's have ourselves a little party. So, you know, we, we enjoyed ourselves for the night and I'd kind of forgotten about it. And I think it was a year or two ago, maybe 2015 or 2016, like 10 years later, I was out to eat with a whole bunch of people at the London ski show. And one guy starts telling this story that they were at the Toronto ski show and somebody found a joint. I looked at him and I was like, "I, I was there. That was me. And I said, the only thing I remember about the people that we were hanging out with was that they were from Montana. That's the only thing that I remember. And He said, yeah, that was me. I I used to work for a mountain in Montana. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny that, you know, 10 years later, they're still telling the story. And um, here I am passing it on to the listeners of the Wintry Mix. So there you go. You never know what you're going to find in the streets of Toronto.
1: But before we all head to Boston, it was time to jaunt down to the fifth annual Vermont Backcountry Forum, which inadvertently also included hitchhiking. Hey, Louise, are you guys going to the event tonight? Yeah, hey, we're leaving at 5. Can I ride with you? Sure. Then, at 5, just before the carpool, we realized we were talking about completely different events. So with about 30 minutes of daylight left and a fresh cardboard sign, I perched myself at 100 South with my bucket of chicken for the potluck and got picked up just before pitch black. Success. If you've never been to the Vermont Backcountry Forum, it's a hoot. Potluck food, lots of beer, the latest news about human-powered skiing in four states – not just Vermont, and a great way to support the organizations and people doing the heavy lifting. Of course, you hear from Zach and Angus leading the Rasta Charge, Amy from the Catamount Trail, who I learned is stepping down soon after a solid decade at the helm, but you also get news from the individual chapters scattered around the region. I'm talking friends of Bolt. And
6: then the last thing we did, this is kind of my ode to excavators. We brought in a bunch of heavy equipment and redid the road up to Bryant Cabin. So now, what was kind of a washed out, kind of a
0: creek, is now actually a amazing road with stone-lined water bars, tons of ditching
6: culverts, and it's gonna make that skin track uh, much better on all of your ACLs. So all of those water bars have been reformed. Um, They're not gonna be great kickers instead of like leg
0: breakers.
1: A new group giving life to the old Dutch Hill ski area on the Vermont-Massachusetts border.
3: And after 30 years of growth, Picture these slopes with 30 years of growth on them, and now we are opening them up again to make them skiable. So what, what does this give to you as backcountry skiers? This is a place where you can bring your friends who don't know how to do it, and they're scared to go down between those trees. Well, this is going to give you a place where you can go down between some trees, because we're going to have a few glades, but we're also going to have wide-open ski slopes where they could be trying out turns. We're even going to have a sledding hill here.
1: A scutney? We were left with this whole ski area worth of trails and no lifts. And as everybody in this room knows, that's not a bad thing. Right? So we're not totally liftless. Down here on the bottom, we've got a rope tow that was built all by volunteers. It's
2: under the lights, so we have night skiing for the families and the big
1: news for this year is that we were just given a massive donate
4: of a t-bar yeah so we're raising money to install this t-bar we just started that it just showed up in our parking
3: lot this week
7: we'll go next with thunderbolt ski runners change of order so phil remillard is coming up oh and heather Linscott. we're going out of state but hardly
5: to hear what's going on just to ourselves um, the club has been in business for about 10 years or so. Uh, and it's based around the Thunderbolt Ski Trail. The
2: Thunderbolt Ski Trail, if, you, if you're not aware of it, comes down Mount Braylock. It's about two miles long. It's 2,200 feet of vertical. It's got some very enjoyable steeps on it. And it's also got some very uh, enjoyable non steeps. So if you go part way up, you can have some fun. If you go all the way up, you can have a lot of fun.
1: Some new stuff happening up near Jay.
7: So quickly, Grateful Treads, I mentioned this earlier, but this is a group just beginning to form in Montgomery. So now we've gone back north, uh, just near J P. Peak, and they are working right now with state foresters and recreation managers to determine how to clean up some really eroded trails, improve parking, and provide some more opportunities. So how can we take a scar in an area that's maybe
5: been a little bit abused and bring it into Healthy and responsible use.
4: The
1: ADK.
5: The Adirondacks uh, were some of the earliest conservationists
0: in the uh, in the nation. We were based in the Adirondacks. They were also backcountry skiers, and so we had all kinds of backcountry ski trails in the 1930s and 40s. And then when the lifts were built in the 60s and the regulations were written in 1972, backcountry skiers, except for a few of us, uh, were not around. And. Uh, we formed five years ago uh, to try to change that. And the whites. <laughs> so we're Grand Backcountry Alliance. My name's Tyler Ray. And we just started about a year ago. We, in fact, this is one of the first events that we actually came to. Uh,
4: two federal projects in the White Mountain National Forest. First of its kind. Very exciting.
1: Each zone is 450 acres in its footprint. They're huge. 2,000 vertical. Very exciting stuff. And maybe some hut to hut in the future.
6: So our our concept is
0: year-round hut connectivity, mountain biking, backcountry skiing, and when we can, hiking. What you see here on this map is not just huts randomly placed across the state. These are actually zones that we've identified as being potentially viable uh, for hut connectivity. And
1: one final note on the topic, the recent windstorm that upended trees across New England seems to have focused on the lower elevations. Damage up in the ski terrain appears to be minimal, so that's good news. And it's rant time. I recently caught a satirical article making the rounds on the internet about ski resorts providing employee meals derived from guest cafeteria leftovers. Now I don't mean what was left from the buffet, I mean half-eaten trays on the way to the trash. But this shouldn't really be funny. I spent three years of my youth doing exactly that and it worked pretty well. Maybe one of my listeners remembers their lunch at Midvale in the late 90s. Do you recall a long-haired teenage non-employee walking up to you offering to clear your quasi-eaten lunch tray? Good chance that was me, and I targeted you specifically because you seemed clean and had remaining food I would be willing to eat. Now I'm not suggesting resorts endorse aggressive table bussing as an employee meal plan, but there has to be a way to make better use of the food that ski school groups throw away daily after being picked over by the six-year-olds. Someone would like to eat that, and there's a good chance it's already happening under the radar. End of rant. Rate and review Wintry Mix on iTunes if you want it to survive. Suggest future rant topics and get submission ideas on the Facebook page. Get reminded about submission deadlines on the Twitter, and watch me parent questionably on Instagram. Wintry Mix Cast. This month's closeout music is from Vermont's most famous
6: mountain pirate. Say hello to Ron. Ahoy, listeners of Wintry Mix. Rockin' Ron the Friendly Pirate stepping on board. <laughs> what is a Wintry Mix? Sounds like a dark and stormy to me. <laughs> As Rockin' Ron the Friendly Pirate, I sail to ports throughout the Northeast, but my main port of call is Smuggler's Notch, America's family resort. <laughs> I'm the friendly pirate, a patch above me eye. I'm the friendly pirate, an all-around nice guy. I'm the friendly pirate. That's right. <laughs> well, at Smugs, I entertain guests at camps, activities, and the restaurants. I sing songs, dance jigs, and tell arful jokes. <laughs> My third album, The Flying Pirate Circus, is in the running for a Best Children's Album Grammy. Here's the hit song, Shark in the Dark. Shark in the dark. Wonder what it's gonna do Shark in the dark You don't even have a clue Shark in the dark Searching for a snack to chew Shark in the dark It's starting to get hungry too When you see that fin and the toothy grin It's a shark in the dark Boo. Well, did you know that Smugs recognizes pirates and others in that line of work? (laughs) Well, there's trail names like Pirates Plank, Rum Runners, Bootleggers, and Smuggler's Alley. But you may not know that the Black Snake Trail on Sterling Mountain is named after an early 1800s smuggling ship on Lake Champlain. Here's another song from the Flying Pirate Circus. The ship Black Snake it sailed the lake, smuggling its cargo. Three to die because the fly defended the embargo. Black Snake. Well, pirates in Vermont, who knew? But do pirates ski? Aye, they do. Check out my YouTube video, FP's Rain Gutter Regatta Skimmed. And remember, skiing pirates use two planks. Arr.
1: Before I let you go, let me welcome you to uh, Louise Lintillac and Dana Allen's Halloween party. Or listening. December episode submission deadline is Friday, December 1st. Send to alex at wintrymixcast.com Goodbye.
7: My favorite powder days up here are when it's snowing like so unbelievably hard that your track gets filled in every run and we call those free refills, those are my favorites.